Show. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. And for all the people who say gambling's immoral, okay, fine. Well, then don't gamble. But to the people who want to gamble, now you can gamble. Well, not quite yet, but pretty soon you're going to be able to. It's going to be great for our industry. It's going to be great for all the sports leagues. It might have saved football. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew, Skip. Chip, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Federal sports betting ban has been overturned. Yeah. I've got some details here before we get into the fun stuff. The U.S. Supreme Court has struck down a federal law that effectively bans sports gambling in sports other than Nevada. Quote, Congress can relegate sports gambling directly, but if it elects not to do so, each state is free to act on its own. The court wrote in a 6-3 decision. Our job is to interpret the law Congress has enacted and decide whether it is consistent with the Constitution. PASPA is not, the court wrote. PASPA is the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992. This opens the door for other states to allow sports betting. So, there's a lot to talk about here. A lot. If you want to chime in, you can. And I just ask this of you. Are you more likely to gamble now that it's legal? I like to smoke pot before. I did. I'm not. Who cares? It's radio. Uh, I don't drive. I'm not an idiot about it. I used to like to smoke pot a lot. I did. And now that it's legal, it doesn't change that. And not totally legal. You, you know what I'm saying. If you like to gamble on sports before, you're going to keep gambling on sports. If you didn't, though, are you more likely to? If you didn't smoke weed and tomorrow you could walk down the street with a joint, would you walk down the street with a joint? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. There's going to be a boon to television ratings. There is going to be all kinds of media consumption that's going to skyrocket. In fact, guys, we should start a sports betting podcast right now. Right now. I mean, come on. Let's get on the cutting edge of this thing. Regular gamblers are heavy consumers of sports as is, obviously. But now if more people are gambling, people who are just casual sports, they're going to be more than likely to get hooked to the process of watching their picks go down, right? This is going to be great for the industry. But there are a lot of questions. One of the questions is, what are the tie-ins for the leagues going to be? Is the NFL going to be able to one day control part of it and say, okay, NFL.com backslash gamble your money away? Is that going to happen? Brian and I were talking during the break. Is there going to be a moment where you're sitting there in the stadium and this is likely to happen, and it's fourth and ten? Okay, is he going to make this field goal or is he not going to make this field goal? Let's make the bet on my app right now. It's huge. Now, there could be 1% getting paid to each of these leagues, right? Yeah, something like that. I think they're they're kicking around that like a 1% kickback would happen, or at least these are what some of the leagues are lobbying for. So and and it's under the guise of of like enforcement, you know, for point shaving that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So like I mean, but when when you got a state like New Jersey who's estimating that they will make nine <sighs> billion with a B billion dollars extra off of something like this, that's a pretty nice penny at one percent. That's no small change. 
You're going to have a lot of invest. If they spend all of that back into it, there's going to be investigators everywhere. So you right. know they're not. I think on some level it's probably a way to say, hey, we need to get a cut of this before we figure out how we can really get a cut of this. You know, it, it, it's going to get off the charts. And I'll take it one step further when you're in the stands. Imagine if they start throwing odds up on the big screen. Jumbotron, all of a sudden, odds go right up in the mm-hmm. corner. A little thing sponsored by so-and-so gambling, whatever. There's the odds. Oh, yeah, i got to get on my app right now, my little NFL.gambling app, you know? Forget sports. This is great for the world. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tremendous for the economy. It just is. And I'm a secular dude. I believe in God, but only because I'm afraid of spending all eternity in a box and rotting and getting eaten by maggots and such. I'm all about whatever you can do to be happy now. And we're talking all the time about tax money and funneling this that way, funneling this that way. Nine billion dollars coming in the revenue there into one state into one state. That's just going to be tremendous for the state. It's it's just going to be fabulous. And it's the same thing with the drug money. If drugs are going to get sold in the street anyhow, you might as well have it be taxable. Let's take it one step further. You brought this up, and I think it's a really good point. The NFL is losing the battle of public opinion because people are walking off the field, or I suppose not walking off the field. Uh, The guys who do walk off the field, a lot of them are experiencing CTE later in life. Is football for youth a good thing? Uh, Should children be playing this game? This, that, the other. Well, now all of a sudden... Here comes the Supreme Court to save the day. The NFL, which is still, even though it's declining, the most popular sport in the country, is now going to grow even more. And I mean, by leaps and bounds. Oh yeah, this will say. I mean, you will not once this goes into full effect, and however long it takes for everybody to get a full grip on this, that, that's up in the air right now. They're all kind of scrambling to try to figure out exactly how they can capitalize on this. But you will start to hear less and less of these stories that we've been running for the last couple of years. The NFL ratings are declining. You won't hear that anymore. And I mean, think of it this way. You know, you've got sports like, and I'm going fringe sports here, like highlight, like dog racing, horse racing. These are sports that would not exist. They would not have one damn fan. They wouldn't be able to exist if it were not for gambling. So, I mean, take a sport that people were already interested in from a strategic standpoint, from a game standpoint that has a huge audience, imagine what it does to that. And I swear, people who are already watching it, now it's easier. Now they can just do it. There's no stigma attached to it. It's just gonna, They're going to be making money hand over fist. And I think in the long term, we talked about this a little bit, but a, a league like the NFL, I'm wondering when they start to make the move to kind of own this. I don't know whether it's a shell company that they use or something like that, but the NFL is going to want a big hand in this. And maybe the league itself runs their own little kind of house. Like the NFL is the house when it comes to sports betting on their sport. Right. I mean, they they lock down everything in that league. So you can't imagine that they're not going to do it with this. Well, it starts with fantasy football, right? And Absolutely. fantasy football is on all kind of different other mediums. And the NFL says, why go anywhere else than NFL.com? Uh, why not go to NFL.com backslash draft, and there you go. You can draft your team. You can manage your lineups. Just do it all here. One-stop shop. And that's only going to continue with gambling. Uh, you'd have to imagine. You'd oh, have to imagine. Oh, yeah. And then you look at a sport like uh, the with March Madness. Oh, my God. Think of the people who are not into the sport during that time of the year that get into it. We all have the secretary who oh, wins the bracket great challenge. Great point. We all have that. So you're going to have people getting into it that would never get into it. And and then 
Oh, and that leads, this is such a crazy topic that with that, it leads into, okay, now there's all this money coming in from gambling. How do you deal with the players in the NCAA? Mm -hmm. I mean, now there's might be a very, very big argument for them getting paid, bigger than the one that's already happening. This is when you have to say, if you're the NCAA, all right, let's start allowing our players to at least shop their license around. That utilize their own name because the outcry with billions of dollars set to perhaps come in through gambling to pay these players is going to be more than it ever has been before. And isn't that just the paradox that we live in right now where sports gambling is going to be legalized throughout the country, depending on what state you're in? I'm guessing Utah is probably never going to pass the damn thing, but that's legal. And yet paying the players, oh, no, no, we can't do that. No. That's bad. They get an education. That's awful. Yeah. Which is why it was so strange to me when a guy like Hugh Freeze gets canned for calling a prostitute. He calls a prostitute. We can that guy. Meanwhile, you got players not getting paid when you're making money for Hugh Freeze to spend on the prostitute. It's I talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. It's arbitrary morality. It's legislating morality is what it, it is. is. You know, there's so many things like that that people, I mean, you, myself, Tom, anybody who's into sports, you know, some people do like to smoke weed. It's illegal, but you know how it goes. I mean, the, it's, it's different than someone running down the street with a, with a, a needle sticking out of their arm. Right, right. And and now we're sitting here. All these things are illegal. So you kind of got if you're going to do them, you kind of got to hide it. If you're going to gambling, you kind of got to do it on the down low. But it's things that the wider society accepts and wants. The only problem with it is, is that legislation says it is not right for you to do it. Right. So as those things start to pass, gambling's one of the big one. I mean, go back to prohibition. Prohibition with alcohol is one of the biggest things ever. You know, you look at that. Most of America wanted to drink. Good point by Tom. He brought that up earlier. They wanted to drink. They wanted to have a beer. They just couldn't. And then all of a sudden, we came to our senses and figured it out. And I think once you do that kind of stuff, it starts to take care of itself. You know, people will. It's not going to go crazy in society. Like people aren't going to be gambling their mortgages away any more than they do right now. Right. If you were going to be someone who's a habitual gambler, you were going to do that regardless of whether or not it was legal. Right, that's in your DNA. It is. So, But what happens with this sort of thing is like, hey, you know, soccer mom might have a little extra money and yes. like be like, hey, I'm going to throw 10 bucks down on that. You know, 5 bucks, 1 bucks, it's whatever. Fun. You, go to, you go to a game, and before you go to said game, hey, I think I'm going to throw 5 bucks on it. There you go. You know, It just makes it more interesting. It's Pirates and it's Padres, and it's the middle of the summer, and both teams are 15 games out of first place, and you're going to go, you're going to have beers, you're going to have a good time. You want the Pirates to win typically. Well, now you really want the Pirates to win because it might make you 25 bucks on the 5 bucks you put down. I am not a gambler because uh, I've always been afraid. I do have an addictive personality. I'm really going to get into it, right? But we did it for the Super Bowl a couple of years back where we made bets throughout the game on everything. It's the most fun I've ever had watching a Super Bowl that the Steelers weren't involved in. It just makes the game more fun, particularly when you have no rooting interest. Yeah, it gives you a dog in the fight. It does. College football is the absolute best. If it's a Tuesday night and the Minnesota Timberwolves are playing the Utah Jazz on ESPN and you're bored, and you throw like 25 bucks on the Timberwolves, that makes the game oh, so yeah. much better. All of a sudden, your Tuesday night went from boring to you're into this Timberwolves-Jazz game, and you have no rooting interest other than the team that you put your money on. And that's where the ratings are going to shoot up, right? Because those are the games no one cares about. And I'll take you one further. Nobody, and I mean nobody, apart from the 
most rabid college football, or pardon me, basketball, or, uh, we'll do football, watches the Maction on Tuesday night. Right. No <laughs> one gives a rip. Unless you gamble on it. Unless you gamble on it. And now I, a hell of a lot more people are going to be gambling on it, which means a hell of a lot more people are going to be watching it. And honestly, that's probably not, on, not even on TV right now if people aren't gambling on it. Right. <laughs> so where does it go to at from this point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a great point. Bill in Indianapolis next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Sure do. Hey, um, not to go too downer on you, but all this, this, this are you talking about $9 billion in one state. That money's coming from from where, right? People, paychecks. I mean, it's just everybody's just going to be able to refrain control. So I just worry for people with the addictive personalities that you just kind of touched on. That instead of, I mean, you just said throwing $25 on a game that you don't care about. So instead of throwing down $25 on a game, you bought groceries or what? I, I want to be the, the one that's getting the gambling money because we all know Vegas got built by all the losers. So you can't tell me that the people that are going to run these places aren't going to just basically pilfer everybody's money this week and can't resist the bet. See, here's the thing about that, that this $9 billion was under the table before. Now it's above the table. Now that $9 billion goes into things like services for the city, things where a lot of cities have economic crises, where they have problems that they can't fix. You know, granted, it will get a little bigger. It's probably not $9 billion under the table, but there's a lot of money that's not accounted for already in the illegal gambling. Without a doubt. And for me... And perhaps this is just me. If I'm going to throw $25 down on a game that I'm going to bet now that it's going to be legal, that's $25 I probably would have been earmarking for something else that had to do with sports. Right, entertainment dollar. Right, exactly. So we've all got our vices. We've all got the things we want to do. I drink a lot on the weekend. I do. I drink all the time. It's Saturday night. Why not? Have some brewskis. It's fun. Don't drive. It's fun. And now maybe I have... A few less brewskis because I'm going to spend some money on the gambling. And I realize that there's a line there. Well, okay, once you start, maybe you're not going to stop. But those, again, I think those people were already doing that. That's a predetermined personality right there. And you know, my first bet's going to be whether or not Tyone pees on his hand. I want to lay 10 on that. I want to make money if he pees on his hand. He's doing it. He's got to. I bet you 10 bucks he does it. I bet you 10 bucks. I want some of that action. (sighs) What are the odds? Uh, I'll give you five to one that he does it because he's already he's he's admitted that uh, you know he sits with his feet up and hand down the pants when he's watching TV. So I'd say yeah, I'll take it at five to one. Would you? I'll take it at five to one. Time you want to hop in on that? Yeah, are you kidding me? Those are great odds. Yeah, I think so. Side bet. Next start gets pushed back. I don't want any of that. Yeah, it's definitely getting pushed back. Yeah, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't touch that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how powerful his P is, so I don't. I just don't have the info to make that bet. Coming up next, Alan Saunders. He covers the Buckos for PiratesProspects.com. Does he have any insight on the peeing? Alan's also a smart guy. We'll talk to him about the gambling as well. It's the Crowley Show. I had a whole take ready about how there is a woman who's ready to coach in the NBA, but the NBA might not be ready to be coached by a woman. And I think I'm going to push that one back to tomorrow. We're so jammed on today's show. Isn't that nice? You know, most shows, 
They look at this as the dead time. We look at this oh. as like, we get to play. We get to pee on Tom. We're not locked down on any topic. We can have fun, man. We are having fun. Tom's got his shirt off. Always. Talking about pee. We're having a good time. Let's talk about pee some more with our friend Alan Saunders from PiratesProspects.com. Uh, Alan really writes for every damn publication in town, so I, I feel like it's a disservice just saying that. How are you today, Alan? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, any insight into whether or not Jamison Tyone's going to pee on himself? Uh, my gut feeling is that he's, not, he's seriously considering Yes. It, I think. If he thought that he could start on Wednesday, it would have already happened by now. I, I think he's looking for some, some veracity to this claim beyond an urban legend before he, well, you know. I think Garrett Cole got shipped out of town, not for money-saving reasons, not because he's bad in the clubhouse or anything like that, but because he does not have the want to to pee on his hand the way that Jamison Tyon does. I think you could say that's accurate. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think McCutcheon would pee on himself or any other one of his teammates if it would help the team win. That sounds, that sounds accurate as well. How did you experience this weekend, Alan? This weekend with um, Andrew McCutcheon coming back, you know, it was very interesting. Uh, really, really weird dynamic at the ballpark where, you know, the guy's up the plate, uh, up at the plate, and uh, if he gets a hit, uh, it's bad for the Pirates, and yet people are still cheering for him to do well. And uh, I just think it shows uh, how much the city of Pittsburgh will will latch on to you if if you come here and you do well and. Uh, and you reciprocate that love, and I, I think it'd be hard to imagine someone uh, who's done that more than Andrew McCutcheon. He, you know, he said he's going to live here for, you know, for, for the rest of his life. And he named his son Steel. Doesn't get um, mu- much more rooted than that. And so, yeah, I, I just thought it was a, a great showing of of the passion of Pittsburgh sports fans and how uh, there's a, a great symbiosis there that the players that. Uh, sort of buy into it and and feed into that. They get it back, uh, even if they're still not playing here. Andrew McCutcheon and Sidney Crosby, I think, have that rare quality about them that they both would maybe consider themselves Pittsburghers now at heart. Uh, both of them are good dudes. They're perceived to be good dudes. Uh, unless people are jealous of them, they're probably going to like them for the way that they handle themselves on and off uh, the field and the ice. Who's the last Steeler that you think kind of fits all that mold? Uh, Jerome Bettis. That's a good one. Right off the top of my head. It's a really good one. That's what Tom said in our pre-show meeting. Uh, I think Jerome Bettis probably has to be the guy. Troy Polamalu might be there for me, too. But the way that it ended with the club kind of ruins that a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, and Troy's just much more of a a private-to-himself kind of guy. I mean, not that I don't think he ever didn't appreciate the fans, but I think those those guys, they're, they're more active in being out in the community and out in, the, in and amongst the fans more often, I think. Alan Saunders joining us here on the Crowley Show. Alan, the Pirates have a easy stretch uh, in terms of who they're playing coming up for the next nine games or so. If they go 7-2 and two during that stretch, it's a tall order, but if they were to do that, 
They'd be 30-19. and 19. And as much as I've been critical of this organization, as much as I've been critical of the way that this team has been put together, if you're 30-19, and 19, you're probably going to contend for a second wild card all season long based on the way that it's designed. Uh, I think this is a huge stretch for the Pirates coming up. Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at their record so far and you kind of break it down, the games against teams that are, you know, in, in the lower third of the league and teams that are in the upper third of the league, they've really done a good job of kind of taking care of business in those games against the teams that are that are probably not going to be in contention for the postseason. And they've, they've been, you know, roughly even with the teams that are going to be in contention. And that's one of the hardest things to do in baseball. I think it's a, very difficult to just go out there and beat the teams that you're supposed to mm-hmm. on a regular basis. It's a long season. Uh, players are inconsistent. Pitching is inconsistent. It's hard to go through an entire season and just, you know, beat all the teams that you're supposed to beat, lose to the teams that are uh, better than you or even with you about 50-50. I mean, it, it, it sounds really easy, uh, but that's actually really hard. And I think if, that, if the Pirates are able to continue that, that's something that even when they were a really good team, a 98-win team, they didn't really do all that well. They, they weren't always that great at maximizing every win opportunity that they had. Uh, Alan, I'm worried about the Pirates' hitters starting to come back down to earth, but at the same time, if the Cervellis uh, come back down to earth and if Corey Dickerson doesn't play as well as he's playing right now, I think the Pirates should be able to count on Josh Harrison returning to the lineup being a boon, and I think that they should be able to rely on the fact that you're going to see better at some point, you'd think, from Josh Bell. Yeah, I think yeah, you could look at Corey Dickerson's start, Francisco Cervelli's start, and say, well, that's probably not going to play out through the course of an entire season. But yeah, Josh Bell's not hitting as well as uh, at least I think he's capable of, and I think the Pirates think he's capable of. Gregory Polanco isn't as, even in his thing as true. well as he's shown he's capable of. I think Starling Marte has a little bit more to give uh, than he has so far this year, too. So, yeah, I think there's two sides of the coin there. I I think the other thing about the lineup is that it's deeper than it's been. So that if one guy goes into a slump, that's not going to torpedo things for this team. It's going to take a couple of guys to fall off the pace in order for things to go poorly with that offense. Alan, I'd love to see Musgrove in the bullpen and Kingham in the rotation. What say you? Uh, I think they, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner with Musgrove and that they, they really do believe that he is a starting pitcher and they want very badly to give him the opportunity to do so. Um, but Nick Kingham, if, he, if Nick Kingham continues to pitch as well as he has, he's not only a major league starter, he's one of their better major league starters. And then... What do you do? Of the other guys that are kind of left, Musgrove has major league experience in the bullpen. He won a World Series in the bullpen last year. If one of those guys has to move to the bullpen, he's just the obvious choice because of his success and because of his experience. So I expect him to be given a chance here over the next four, maybe five starts. Uh, You never know. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody else just falls apart results-wise, and the the problem takes care of itself. But yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I, it just seems to make too much sense for Musgrove to end up in the, in the bullpen if everybody else continues to pitch well. Sports gambling, good thing, yes? Oh, great thing. I mean, everybody did it before anyway. So I don't know how much of a 
I don't know, sort of huge um, additional sort of economy that's been created by this. I don't know. I just think uh, when you have something that's that's that pervasive that legalizing it is just a common sense move. I don't understand why it's taken so long, uh, but I think it's a good thing for everyone involved. The one thing that does concern me a bit is when we get to, you know, where, where do you draw the line? And it's one thing if you're gambling on, you know, uh, MEAC softball when you're in Vegas, but the, those very small college sports that don't get a lot of attention, there certainly is a potential for abuse there. And uh, I think that they've got to come up with something that makes sense as, as far as a, you know, where do you draw the line at what can be gambled upon in the same location that it's occurring? You know, at what level does that make sense? I, that's the only concern I see. Man, I've got MEAC softball pictures in my bedroom, man. Like, don't, don't knock that league, all right? Uh, I've been gambling on that forever. All right? Don't be doing that to me, Alan. I'm sorry, I blew up your spot. I now there's going to be all geez. kinds of action on Miac right. softball. Yeah, I mean there, there has to be, or else it's just not worth watching. Uh, Alan Saunders joining us here uh, on the Crowley Show. I do want to go back to the Pirates uh, just for a few moments. Uh, I didn't really get your opinion on whether or not you think that this team is capable of hanging in that wild card race. I do. I said at the beginning of the season, I think they had to have a lot of things go right to get to a place where they could stay in contention for about the number two wild card spot. I saw that as kind of the, the, the upward limit for that for, for this team. And I still kind of think that. I, I think that the, the combination of, yeah, they're playing really well. Um, I, I'm not sure the pace that they're on right now is totally sustainable. But the, the other thing is the division looks really good this mm-hmm. year. And so, you know, the, the Cubs are in fourth place right now. I, I doubt that's going to remain the case. Uh, the Cardinals are playing really well. The Brewers seem to have continued their kind of turnaround season from last year. So if this was last year's National League Central, I think where the Pirates are right now, you'd, you'd have to start thinking, man, they could be a contender for the division. I think right now, with how strong the division looks, yeah, I think it, sort of in line to be in contention for that second wild card uh, is probably where they're at right now. I think they deserve it uh, based on the way they played so far. Alan, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely, anytime. You guys stay dry. <laughs> Alan Saunders, com. Good dude. Uh, funny guy. Uh, appreciate his time there. Here's the problem with the Pirates if they're contending for the second wild card and they're a game or two out at the trade deadline. They will add no one, and they might move guys off their roster. That's the problem. Because they think they're a year ahead of schedule. They just do. They were not prepared, I don't think, to contend this year. Meanwhile, the Brewers, they kind of went all in this offseason. The Cardinals aren't afraid to go make a move. And the Cubs, my God, they'll move Earth, Wind, and Fire to get a player. They'll move Mountains to get a player. So that'll put the Pirates behind the eight ball, uh, if not a little bit, uh, maybe a lot. Coming up next, oh, guys, I'm so excited. This is new. This is new. We're doing something new here on the show. Oh, we're breaking out all the stops now that it's the quote-unquote dead period here in sports radio. It is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Next, it's the Crowley Show. It's summertime. 
Penguins are eliminated. So we're going to be a little loosey-goosey around these parts. If you want entertainment along with your sports, it's a place to go. And that's the last time I'll tell you, because I don't need to tell you. You'll just figure it out on your own. That's the way we do it here. Tom's bleeding for the show. Brian's swearing at Tom to make sure he bleeds for the show. And, you know, I do all this paperwork and don't get to it because we're having too much damn fun. It is the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. If you want to join the fun, dive right in like it's a pool. Sorry, I went a little hairy there. I've been spending a lot of time with that guy. A little update here for you, Bucko fans. Cubs just lost. Got beat by the ATL 6-5. to How about that? Pirates were a half game back in the division. They still are as the Cubs are trailing the Buckos right now. Who would have thunk that would be the case on May 14th? I know we're not all that far into the season, but hey, you got to be happy about something, right? In light of legalized gambling, I would have lost my ass on this Pirates season so far. Like, if Uh, I had an over-under for this time of the year, I'd have been done. Done. I think tomorrow on the show, we got to come up with a bunch of prop bets for the rest of the season. Got to come up for a bunch of prop bets for other teams, things like that. I know uh, you probably should never plan radio bits on the air, but I got an idea that I want to pass by you guys. Let's do it. What do you think if we take a little seed money between the three of us mm-hmm. and we see how far we can go? I'm in. You in? Oh, I yeah. don't know, maybe like 50 bucks each. We take a buck 50 and we start running it and see how far we can take it. Maybe we won't have to work anymore. Wow. I'm so in for that. That's it's a blast. legal. It's legal. And then that way we're not going to be gambling more than that. Right, right. If we lose, we make fun of ourselves and move on. Tom's like, I'm in, because I was already going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom's going to need to get extra money to go into the show. But Tom, how long have you been illegally gambling? Uh, I started illegally gambling probably two years ago. Does your family know? Allegedly. Uh, I mean, they've known in the past that I do. Probably not to the extent that I do. Zemino? I know? have done it. Yes, yeah, she does. Okay. How's she handle it? Uh, when I win money, it's the best day of her life, and when I lose money, it's awful, and I'm a scumbag. Is she happy about this gambling being legalized? Is it? Is it honestly okay? So wait, I guess let me backtrack from that. Are you going to do it anymore if it's legalized? I haven't really been doing it much lately, to be honest. Yeah, you had a bad NFL and, season. NBA, uh March Madness. Oh, that's right. It was oh, college yeah. basketball that did it to you. My so bad. I have kind of taken a step away from it now, but I, I'll probably be around the same. You know, it won't be. And I, I feel like for a lot of people, it'll be a, a, around the same for people that have already been gambling. It's just the new people that are like, oh, this is legal now. I don't have to hide it. I'm all in. Well, how much is that going to annoy the real gamblers now? I wonder. Oh, professional gamblers? Yeah. They're going to lose their minds with all the different kinds of money floating in on teams that they don't think should be getting money on them and, and people betting against the sharps. And uh, yeah, and professional get- gamblers are going to be. What's upset. a sharp? A sharp? Just a guy who's sharp at betting. Like, yeah, and, and you gotta wonder if the odds makers are gonna approach it differently now with kind of the newbies on the fringe. Like they've got to start going. I mean, they already try to manipulate the line to a point where clearly the house will make money. But you got to think they're kind of you know they're rubbing their hands together, yeah. they're kind of foaming at the mouth. They can like, get some suckers now. Oh yeah, is Vegas still gonna run the show? Probably not. Yeah, that's a question. There's no need for them to now. No. So and who, that, yeah, and that's the thing. There is no need. Like it's anywhere and everywhere. It, once it all goes, you know, once other states start passing this, so this is a bad day for Vegas, or is it? I'm sure they have some sort of a plan. 
But like I said earlier in the show, once you start getting the leagues into it, then I think it starts hurting them. Because once the leagues control the action, right. then Vegas has a real problem. I mean, not the casino side of it, but for the sports betting side, for sure. Here's what we're going to do for tomorrow as we work out more bits on the air because it's the Crowley Show and it's summertime and we do whatever the bleep we want to do. I say Tom comes up with definitions. Tomorrow oh. tomorrow we get the Tom's Gambling Dictionary so we can all learn. I had no idea what the hell a sharp was. And then he and then he rolls his eyes. Oh, a sharp is someone who's a smart, sharp guy, smart at gambling. How the hell am I supposed to know? I, I was rolling my eyes because I, I think I might have made that up. You son of a bitch! <laughs> so you could tell us any any like term you want, and we'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's a term." Give me. I, I would like to go to gambling school though. Yes, let's do that tomorrow. We'll go to gambling school, Thomas. Yeah, good? for sure. You want to learn about reverse line moves tomorrow? Yes, I absolutely. I don't know what the hell that is, but I want to know. I think that's what happened to the Steelers' offensive line against the Jaguars in the playoff game. That's what I think happened. It was a reverse line move. I guess that's a perfect segue <laughs> for the first time. We bring you, without further ado, would you give me a give me a damn drum roll here? It's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Tim Benz wrote a nice piece today in a trib. Breakfast with Benz. Check it out if you've never seen it.
And there it was. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Really good stuff there, guys. That's as good as it gets on this radio station. On his radio show. All right, so what happened is the power went out again. And our backup device is not there. Still. Still. It's like the Penguins in the playoffs. Matt Murray struggles. Where's the backup? Oh, no, it's Casey DeSmith. Well, now you're after. Last couple of years, Mark andre Fleury, Matt Murray, tandeming that bitch, And now, we don't have a backup. No backup. Tom, if you want to get the music going again, are you even capable of doing such a thing? Oh, we're back! The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Tim Benz of the Trib. Breakfast with Benz. If you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. He wrote the Steelers are planning on improving defense with scheme, something that they could not do at the end of last season due to personnel. It's one of the things we talked about a bunch at the NFL Draft, and Tim did some homework this week at Steelers Rookie Camp talking to Mike Tomlin and other people. This is exactly what they're going to do. I told you two years ago, the Steelers didn't draft a tight end. And everyone and their mother was pissed off that the Steelers didn't go on and draft that tight end. They need one. You got Ladarius Green walking away. What's going to happen? How are they going to throw down the middle of the field? Who's going to attack the seams? What's going to happen? And I said, Ladarius Green wasn't a tight end. He was a weapon. The Steelers needed a weapon. And what did they get? Juju Smith-Schuster. That turned out pretty damn okay, did it not? Now the Steelers need inside linebackers. They need one. They need the ILB next to the name. We can't have anything happen to this team. Because we don't have inside linebackers. Oh, we only have safeties. What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. The Steelers' safeties can play inside linebacker. I pack a few pounds on the Edmund, and you're good. That's the way you do it. The Steelers are going to have an opportunity to scheme around some of their problems this year. At the end of last year, they wanted to play more safeties. They wanted to be able to play more of a dime-style defense, and they couldn't because they didn't have the personnel. And Ryan Shazier's off the field. William Gay has to play. Now it's different. You're going to be seeing Marcus Allen maybe as the fifth guy. I think he's going to make the team. But you're going to have Morgan Burnett. Uh, you're going to have the first-round pick, Edmonds. Uh, you're going to have a number of different people vying for the same position. There's going to be a bunch of bodies. The Steelers are going to have a lot of defensive backs on the field at all times, and it'll work the same way as it did with the inside linebacker. Greg Hardy's going to start his MMA career by fighting men, not women. How about that? I uh, usually only hits women. He's going to open up against former NFLer Austin Lane. Josh Norman says Dancing with the Stars compares to playing in the Super Bowl. They got rolled in the Super Bowl. He didn't know what it's like to play in the Super Bowl. They were losing the entire time. Is that what happened that game? Suck it, Josh. And Tom Brady says his next goal is to get to 1,000 career rushing yards. He's 32 short. We should bet on this. He ain't get to 1,000 yards this year. On the ground, is it going to happen? The most he's had in the season is 110. He did that in 2002. Tom, how many do you think he had last year? Five yards. Yeah, you don't get the show. Yeah, go way higher than that. Six yards. Damn it. 842. <laughs> You'd be surprised <laughs> to know that he only rushed for 28 yards last year, Brian. I was just going on. Yeah, I know. 
He needs 32 to get to 1,000, and I would bet that he'll get there. He's going to get there. If only he had caught a ball in the Super Bowl. That would have been receiving yards, though. Never mind. And it wouldn't have counted because it's not the regular season. There it goes. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Coming up next. There's no reason to be mad at the Penguins any longer. (gasps) I'll tell you why. It's the Crowley Show.